It was the worst of times, then it was the best of times, and then the worst of times again in Oklahoma's 38-24 loss to the Arizona Wildcats in the Alamo Bowl. We'll break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners as well, and you can follow my partner, Josh Helmer, on Twitter as well at Josh on Ref. If you follow this show, you know that I am an optimist by nature. I generally look for the bright side of things. First, before we get to that, we got to talk about this football game and the way that it ended. You know, the Oklahoma Sooners, they got down 13 to nothing against Arizona. It was a rough start in that first quarter. Interception, three plays punt, and then another interception to really kick off the Jackson Arnold era in a whimper, really. It was not a great start for Arnold, for the Sooners offense even for Seth Luttrell, it just didn't have much confidence or flow to it. And you got down 13, nothing as a team, but in that second quarter, Luttrell, Arnold, the passing game, the running game started to find some things that really clicked. And you thought, okay, here we go. This is a team that is putting it together. They were able to score 14 points, go into that, you know, the, the halftime with a lead hadn't even had an opportunity to even maybe extend that lead going into the half because they got the ball back with a little over a minute 20 to go and a couple of timeouts but things were off to a rough start when Arnold had to use a, a timeout in a pre-snap situation where he just didn't like what he was looking at so Oklahoma's not able to take advantage of having a lot of time on the clock and an opportunity to go score but they come out in the second half and with a bang, Jackson Arnold hits Brennan Thompson for a huge 50-yard-plus touchdown to put Oklahoma up 21-13. to A couple drives later, they get a field goal. They're at 24-13, and you think, okay, Oklahoma's about to run away with this thing. Things are looking good, despite having three turnovers in the first half, one of which was in the red zone, a Jalil Farouk fumble after a nice catch and run. The ball just gets punched out of his arms. And you're not able to get points out of a, what was another really nice drive by the offense. And then in that second half, you're up 24 to 13. Things just start going haywire for the offense. Another, you know, Jalil Farouk catch that turns into a fumble on a hit, a well-placed helmet on the ball. A lot of times is going to make that pop up, but Farouk's got to be stronger on the ball. Pops right into the Arizona Wildcats defender's hands. He returns it like 87 yards for the touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. Now they're down just three. They kick a field goal. They tie it. And from then on, it's all Arizona. I mean, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That is what this game comes down to. There's a lot of things you can point to that lost this game for the Oklahoma Sooners, but it starts and it ends with turnovers. You cannot turn the ball over six times whether you're a true freshman quarterback 
you're a veteran quarterback that's played the game for five years at the collegiate level. It does not matter. You got to protect the ball over. You got to protect the ball better than that. Jackson Arnold, we'll talk about the positives and we'll, and we'll dive into what looked really, really good from Arnold in this show. But ultimately as the quarterback, you've got to protect the football. And he owned it after the loss. When he met with the media, he said, he's got to be better. He can't turn the ball over like that. Brent Venables was as clear as hey, you don't turn the ball over six times, lose the turnover battle six to one and expect to, to win the game. But the frustrating part about this is that they had turned the ball over four times and had a really good chance to win the football game. It's just that at the end of the game, when, you know, things got tighter, that's when, you know, things kind of turned for the Sooners, you know, after Arizona was able to pull within three Oklahoma's offense and, and really pull within three on that, you know, big, uh, you know, fumble return for a touchdown is what it was officially scored as the Farouk drop that turned into a, or not drop, but Farouk fumble that turned into a touchdown. That's when the, the Oklahoma offense just deflated. It just didn't have anything. It, it couldn't move the ball. It wasn't finding a rhythm. Arnold turned the ball over another two times. One, you know, the, the three interceptions from Arnold and the fumble, you can't have that. I mean, yes, true freshman making his first start, but that's going to be one of those situations where he's going to have to get better. He cannot be that turnover prone moving forward. And will he learn from it? I assume he will. I think he's going to be a much better player from having gone through this and dealing with the adversity and dealing with the struggle, finding some success against a really good Arizona defense. And then ultimately he's going to want some of these, a lot of these things back. Like this is a good teach tape. It sucks because, again, you had an opportunity to win the game. You had an opportunity to go out on a high note after the rough start. But ultimately, that's not where the cards fell. And so Arnold's going to go into the offseason like a lot of the Sooners and have a lot to work on and grow with. And, and that's part of it. That's part of the game. Oklahoma that wasn't able to get the win against the Wildcats because they turned the ball over too much. The, the offensive line got called for six penalties, uh, holding penalties. There was another, uh, I think it was a McCade Mattire penalty where he was an Ill- ineligible man downfield. Gavin Freeman got called for a holding penalty. I think they assigned a holding penalty to Austin Stogner, but it very well could have gone to uh, Jacob Sexton there at right tackle. So it, it was a rough day for the offensive line. Yes, the Sooners offense put up a bunch of numbers, but they had several drives stall out because of turnovers. Again, we we're going to harp on turnovers. When we talk about this game, because again, you cannot turn it over six times, but also you cannot be penalized as much as the offensive line was penalized in this game and expect to move the ball consistently. You know, they'd, they'd have a nice first down play. Well, there'd be a holding penalty that would take that play off the board. And now you're first and 20. You'd pick up a, a third down. Well, now you got a penalty that wipes away that, that conversion. And then in the run game, you know, yes, the offensive line helped. Gavin Sawcheck have another 100-yard day. He ran for 134 yards on 15 carries, but 109 of those yards came on five attempts alone. And so of the other 10 attempts, he ran for just 25 yards. Tommy Walker, seven carries for 17 yards. It was not a consistently efficient day for the offensive line in the ground on the ground game. And that's why they didn't run it as much. That's why you saw Jackson Arnold have to drop back 40 times. Did the the run game hit some big plays? Yeah, Gavin Sawchuk showed why he's an exciting part of this offense moving forward because he's able to hit those big plays. 
at the same time, if the offensive line was a little bit more consistent in the run game, okay, maybe you're not having to rely on Jackson Arnold to throw the ball 40 times, drop back more than that, and put him in a situation where he's having to kind of carry the load. Now, was he up to the task at times? Absolutely. After that rough first quarter, he really rebounded and looked really good for the second and and for a lot of the third quarter as well. But again, it, it came back to the turnovers. It came back to untimely errors, unforced errors. Uh, you know, there were a lot of situations in this game that it was Oklahoma hurting itself. Uh, and you know, credit to Arizona, they made some big time plays. The two fumbles on Jalil Farouk, the big time defensive plays. Uh, the the last interception that Jackson Arnold threw. I mean, that was just a great coverage design that he never even saw the defender right there. I mean, this was a guy that was lined up along the line of scrimmage and then had a quick drop into that RPO zone that Arnold was thriving in on the slants. He's got to see the guy, but he didn't. And again, Arizona had a good scheme for it and a, and a good design and they were able to make the play. And again, a rough day. It's a rough way to lose. It's a rough way to go out the season. You can't help, but just sit and dwell on that at the same time. We're not going to overreact to it either because we look back to the Alamo Bowl in 2021. What happened? Dominated Oregon. The pass rush looked great. The defense looked great. Everything was flying, flowing real, real well. Go into that 2022 season thinking, okay, we might have something on defense. We might have a pass rush. And it turned out not to be the case. So there's a lot to take away from this. We're not going to overreact and say, okay, the, the sky is falling. Are there a lot of things that have to improve? 100%. Do they have nine months to improve it? 100%. Are there things Jackson Arnold, as Oklahoma's quarterback, needs to get better at? This offseason needs to have a better understanding of ball control being or ball security being a top priority? Ah, yeah, that's going to be a no-brainer for him. He's going to go back and watch the game, and he's going to know that he has to have better ball security than what he had. He's got to take care of the football better than what he did. Same is going to be said for Jalil Farouk in this one as well. We're going to have some positive takeaways from this game. I promise you, I don't want to be a complete Debbie Downer, but I do feel like I had to highlight some of the negatives from this game just because the reason you lost were the turnovers, were the untimely penalties, and then you know you had a defense that kind of kept things together for a lot of this game give up some big plays, especially there at the end uh, when they really, really, really needed a stop on that 95 yard touchdown drive that they gave up, you know, it was a big, you know, 50 plus um, catch and run uh, by the Arizona wide receiver that kind of salted the put, it put Arizona up and really it felt like it salted the game away, but we're going to have some more takeaways. Again, we'll get into some of the positives from this and we'll talk more about Oklahoma's 38 to 24 loss to the Arizona Wildcats and where they go from here on today's episode of locked on Sooners locked on Sooners is your team every day. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. That's why with eBay Motors, 
You can get anything from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're putting rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Again, thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. It's it's one of those games where you just kind of shake your head because at one point, it just looked like Arizona might be able to run away with this thing because the offense wasn't able to do anything productive. And then it looked like Oklahoma was going to be able to run away with this thing because the defense had basically shut Arizona down for the better part of two, almost three quarters. And the offense was really flowing well and, and productive and moving the ball and getting themselves into scoring range. But again, it just comes back to the turnover. So let's let, we spent some time talking about why Oklahoma lost this game. Let's talk about why you should feel encouraged about this game. And while Jackson's got to work, work on the turnovers and, and the ball security, I think we saw it, man. We saw the tools that has not just the Oklahoma Sooners football program excited, but so many people excited about what Jackson Arnold brings to the table. Two interceptions in the first quarter. Let's just talk about the resiliency bouncing back hitting the next throw, hitting the next throw, hitting the next throw and finding a rhythm and getting this offense down the field and getting them to score points. I mean, some of the throws he made were just really great throws, uh, you know, managing the offense well, taking what the defense was giving. And then when the opportunity came for them to hit a big time throw, he did it. Did he have a couple misses? Absolutely. But again, this is the guy, you know, getting his first start you're going to have some misses just like you're going to have a turnover or two, maybe not four, but you're going to have a turnover here and there. You're going to have some misses, but ultimately I thought he played. I don't know how to put this without diminishing the turnovers. I thought he played encouraging. There were encouraging signs from Arnold that can have you excited or at least feeling good about his future with the Sooners. Obviously there's a lot to work on, but you saw the tools, whether it was the Brennan Thompson throw for the big 50 yard touchdown, or it was the throw to Nick Anderson in the back corner of the end zone where he's, you know, going to his left, which is a difficult throw for the quarterback to make. He's going to his left and Anderson's also going to his left from the middle of the end zone. And Arnold puts it in a place that where only Nick Anderson's going to be able to get it. And Nick Anderson makes a spectacular catch. Let's not overlook or minimize his role on this. I mean, that was an incredible catch. One of the best catches all season long and maybe the the best of his career not named the uh, the Texas Longhorns game winner. No, it was phenomenal and you saw those flashes throughout the game for Arnold. The running game. I mean, we talked about how okay, maybe it wasn't as efficient as you'd like it to be consistently, but Gavin Sawchuk has proven over the last half of the season He's your number one running back going into the offseason. He's probably going to be your number one running back going into next season. And the guy is just a really, really good running back. He shows off great patience, shows off good burst, and he can go from 
what looks like a jog to a big play in in a moment. He's just a really good player, excited to see. And then back to Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson was so good in this game. And when Oklahoma needed to find something, they looked to Nick Anderson. He kind of became Oklahoma's number one wide receiver in this one. Early on, it seemed like Jackson Arnold, Seth Luttrell were dialing up a lot for Drake Stoops, and Arizona was sitting on that. I mean, your your first interception was simply you know an RPO, and the Arizona defense was was just sitting on Drake Stoops and and Arnold wanting to favor that early, and it didn't pay off. They started to find some things later in the game when. Uh, Seth Luttrell and Jackson Arnold were dialing things up more to the outside, in particular to the left side, to Nick Anderson in the RPO game. But yeah, it it, it was an encouraging performance for Nick Anderson, who had seven catches, seventy plus yards, and a touchdown in this one. And you know, I, I don't know if I spent enough time talking about Jackson Arnold, but I thought he showed a lot of poise. I thought he showed a lot of uh, good, you know, mobility in the pocket, uh, buying time you know, moving around, being able to avoid pressure. Sometimes the pressure got to him. Sometimes he was able to get sacked. Sometimes that pressure was like right in his face without much, uh, much resistance, but he, he did a good job, you know, just getting to spots where he could try to make a play at the end of the game. I would have maybe liked for him to run a little bit more when everybody's dropped, they're dropping eight and they're just rushing three. And he's just kind of sitting back there hoping he can find somebody open it didn't look like he was super confident with where they go with the ball. And so I'd like him to use his legs because another positive takeaway, he was really good with his legs in this game. He showed off that athletic ability, that speed, that ability to create big plays in the running game. Jackson Arnold did. So, um, you know, more positive takeaways, you know, Jaden Gibson, I mean, he had a great kind of sideline catch that wasn't really a catch. Uh, kind of reminds you of like the CD lamb one handed uh, grab along the sideline. That wasn't actually a catch either. But I mean, I think this is going to be a guy that is going to be in contention to start for Oklahoma next year. I know Angel Anthony is going to be back at some point, uh, whether it's, you know, start of the season or middle of the season, we'll see how his recovery from the ACL tear goes. If Jaleel Farouk's back, I think there's got to be a legit open competition uh, for that, you know, other starting wide receiver spot opposite of Nick Anderson. Uh, You've got some answer. You got some questions uh, to answer at wide receiver based on this game a little bit with Jaleel Farouk's performance because uh, those turnovers, man, they can't can't happen. Got to be better in the in that aspect. I thought defensively, I thought they played a really good game. There was a lot of bend to this the Sooners defensive game, but they didn't break. You know, they had two Arizona had two drives that started on their half of the field that ended in touchdowns. One was the 95 yard touchdown drive. Another one was uh, early in the game, but you know, Oklahoma, you know, had a, had several short fields that they had to deal with on defense. And I think two times, at least if not three times, they gave up field goals. So pretty good, you know, and the defensive touchdown, I mean, that's on the offense, Oklahoma's defense gave up 31 points, but how many short fields did they have to deal with? And one of those touchdowns was a short field. So really, I think maybe they just had the one touchdown drive that started on Arizona's side of the 50-yard line. The rest of it, they just held them to field goals. So, I mean, it's got to be better, but 
I think Oklahoma's defense played pretty well. You know, they they kind of kept Noah Fafita in check for a lot of this game. Obviously, McMillan, that dude's a problem for everybody, and he's going to be a problem not just at the college level but at the NFL level when he gets there as well. So, you know, there there's a lot that has to continue to improve. But I think there were some positive signs from the defense. We'll talk more positive takeaways coming up here on Locked On Sooners and start kind of discussing where Oklahoma goes from here and what we need to see from them, maybe in the transfer portal. We'll discuss that you know, a little bit on this show, but then we'll dive deeper into it to see, okay, are there more transfer portal needs that Oklahoma needs to address on a future show as well? But uh, stay tuned with us here on Locked On Sooners for more on the Alamo Bowl. Prizepicks.com is the best place, the place I've had the most fun winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry with basketball season in full swing. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So you can pick LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a combo of 10 and a half combination of three points made plus receptions. If you think that's going to be more or less than that number, then you could potentially win price picks even offers a reboot policy so that your interests stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second. That player is rebooted. Price picks is the only daily fantasy sport platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, more positive takeaways from the Oklahoma Sooners loss to the Arizona Wildcats. I get it. You may not want to hear the positive, may not want to hear the spin, but, but here we go. Again, you talk about the defense. Yes, they gave up a lot in coverage, but the run defense was pretty good. I thought this was the pass rush's best game of the season. I I really did. I mean, they had Noah Fafita just under pressure quite a bit. Whether it was Kendall Dolby, I mean, you saw an R. Mason Thomas appearance, Rondell Bothroyd. I mean, where did that dude come from all of a sudden? That's the guy I expected all year long. I mean, he played ferocious in this game. Unfortunate that that was the last game we got to see Rondell Bothroyd, but it was encouraging from R. Mason Thomas. It was encouraging from Kendall Dolby. It was encouraging from PJ Adebowari, even though he didn't have a sack. I mean, there was a time where he was clearly held, clearly held. And I I want to say it was on the R. Mason Thomas play that he was held or the Marcus Stripling one, but the dude's pass rush rush ability is going to be really, really special. And we saw flashes of that. We saw flashes from R. Mason Thomas. You know, the linebacker course still has some things to figure out in the coverage department. I think Oklahoma's, you know, safeties, there's, there's a lot of talent there with Billy Bowman and Peyton Bowen. But McMillan, man, he's just a huge matchup nightmare. I mean, this is a good Arizona team with good wide receivers. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma's taken advantage of in the passing game a little bit. But the, again, there were encouraging things to take away 
I thought the run defense was one of those things. The pressure was one of those things. Got to continue to improve your coverage because you're going to face really good quarterbacks in the SEC, really good wide receivers in the SEC, and there's potentially you might get burned in this one. Uh, you know, more things. You know, we talked Gavin Sawchuk, we talked Nick Anderson, we talked Drake Stoops. Um, you know, Brendan Thompson flashing the speed. We've seen the speed at times this year, but there's going to be a smaller likelihood that we see Brennan Thompson get underthrown with Jackson Arnold at quarterback. That throw that Arnold made to Thompson, it, it was money because he threw it to a spot that Brennan Thompson could run under it. You know, he wasn't throwing that post just to throw it to the post. No, he understood the leverage that Thompson had on the defensive back, and he threw it to a spot that it was only going to be Brennan Thompson's ball. He didn't throw a 50-50 ball to Brennan Thompson, a five, you know, nine, five, ten wide receiver, like we've seen quarterbacks do in, in previous years. So that was that was really encouraging to see his speed, his get off. He he had another really really nice catch later in the game. Uh, got concussed on the play, I think, uh, after he got hit in the head by like a forearm shiver, basically. Um, you know, I thought there were times that the offensive line blocked up really good, really well. Um, and then there were times that it just seemed kind of porous and the communication was off, but that's kind of what happens when you lose a guy like Andrew Rame, who started a lot of football games for you. You lose Caden Green, who was a really good left guard for you. And then Tyler Guyton, who's going to be a possibly a top 20 pick in the NFL draft. You lose him. You kind of miss on, on some of the communication things that you have to deal with uh, through the game. So, you know, the offensive line was up and down much like the rest of this team was, you know, and it was one of those games where it was a bit of a complimentary issue. Uh, but I thought Ted Roof called a good game for the most part. Again, there was a lot of bend, but there wasn't a whole lot of break uh, from the defense until kind of late in the game when the dam kind of broke open and and it just was pretty evident that Arizona was taking the game over at that point. You would have liked to see a little bit more, you know, toughness, resiliency that late in the game to get a stop, especially, you know, on that 95 yard drive, Luke Elzinga pins Arizona down at the five. Yes, they get, I think they get a first down kind of right away. And then Kendall Dolby comes up with the sack to put them in a, in a second and long situation. Well, Arizona is able to convert and keep moving the football. And then a few plays later, that's when they hit the 50 yard, you know, passing touchdown uh, to put Arizona up late in the game. So, you know, a lot of positive, a lot of negative. It's hard to go through a game like this and complete, you know, feel a hundred percent encouraged. There's a lot of work that they have to do. I think there's still, you know, maybe some offensive line that they need to look into, even if just for competitive depth, I think you could afford to maybe continue to look for another tackle or another guard to at least push these guys that you've got in house. Um, but there's, there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. And, and I think they will, they'll get better. We've seen them make, you know, improvements year over year. What's encouraging is you've got a lot of your defensive standouts back for the 2024 season, Stutzman, Bowman, Bowen, uh, Desan McCullough, you know, uh, Kobe McKenzie, Jaron Cannon, guys that Kip Lewis, guys that have shown flashes this year in their first extended playing time and can potentially get better as the offseason goes along, as they review their 2023 seasons and try to figure out, OK, what can I do to improve my game this this offseason? Um, man. I can't believe the season's over. It seems like it was just uh, yesterday that we were back in September getting ready for Arkansas State, but here we are. 
uh, you know, we'll have 2025 recruiting to discuss. We'll get into basketball, some men's hoops, softball's not long um, for their, their opening day. Uh, but we'll continue to talk football. And when we get Josh back in here, I'm sure he'll have a lot of thoughts on the Alamo Bowl performance, on Jackson Arnold's performance as well, and where Oklahoma goes from here in the portal, on the recruiting trail. We'll discuss it here on Locked On Sooners. Again, Locked On Sooners is your team every single day. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Spotify and Amazon Prime and Again, wherever you get your podcast, Apple. So go hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But for my partner, Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year. Boomer Sooner.